Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Lily Kate Show. Today, we have someone who is not our typical guest. He is not, in fact, Generation Z. He is, in fact, Generation X. X, good guess. You guessed correctly. Awesome. Well, if you would welcome Mr. Ryan Holland to the podcast. Thank you so much, Lily. It is fantastic to be here. I love your show, by the way. And if you're listening to this show, you're endowed with great knowledge and wisdom on a regular basis. So keep at it. You're doing a good job if you're listening to this this show. Um, I love it. And it's an extreme, extreme honor to, to be on here. Well, I appreciate it. And I could say very much the same about you because your personality is something that bounces off of all the walls around us, even when they're prepped to absorb sound like we are in this podcast studio. The word that comes to my brain whenever I think of Ryan Holland, I think of global. You are just such a universal figure. You are friendly to everyone. There's no idea that's off limit. You always pick up the conversation right where you leave it off. You have a podcast network. And if you would tell us a little bit just about that for context. Absolutely. So I'm founder and CEO of a podcasting network called Cross Global Media. You can find it at cgmradio.com. My show is called World News Brief. Basically what I do is that each week I take what I believe are the most relevant news stories from around the world. I'll talk about them, play media clips. And I try to and I try to not just do random news stories, but stories that I feel are most important or most relevant to really what's going on in the big picture around the world. I try to look at what's what's going on in terms of freedom around the world, what's going on in terms of global tyranny around the world, because that's a very, very real thing. Believe it or not, not everybody in the world shares our First Amendment values, even those who are at the top of the food chain at the United Nations or the World Economic Forum and so forth. Sounds like you have a very holistic approach to politics, religion, culture, and everything of the like, because as Christians, our, our worldview is Christianity, and we need to view everything through that. But I like what you said about how you focus on global stories rather than just what's in the American mainstream news, because first of all, a lot of it's garbage. But otherwise, it's important that as Americans, we are aware of what else, what is happening in France, what's happening over in the Middle East, what's happening in Russia, what's happening in in the Oriental countries. It's important that we take social cues from other nations as well, because yes, America is a superpower and that's amazing. And it deserves to be the superpower because we are a Christian nation. But We can't get tone deaf and we can't be out of touch with what else is happening in the world. And so with that, I actually do want to ask because, guys, we're going to be getting into Gen X, how parents think about Gen Z because we are Gen Z, what our parents are trying to tell us. And before you click off, because that sounds really boring, it's not going to be boring because we have someone who's such a firecracker here to tell us about it. But then I just want to start off with what, in your opinion, is the top news story this week? We just entered the first week of May and I'll be posting this podcast accordingly. And what is the top news story? How can conservatives go about thinking about it? And how is this relevant to the conservative movement in a way of progression, digression? What's going on? I love to look at what's going on 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 the level of freedom and liberty, uh, Judeo-Christian civilization, especially when it comes to just Western civilization as a whole, not just here in America. And ground zero for that, of course, is Europe. And Europe has faced challenges, especially with uh, mass immigration from Islamic countries that do not share European values. There are people over there that want to turn Europe into a Islamic Sharia continent. I mean, it's it's a very real movement. Now, 
which for everyone who knows anything about history, that's not Europe. That's yeah, never been Europe. It's never been Europe, and you do not want to be governed and run by Sharia law. Trust me, women's women rights... Women don't have rights, basically. No. It's what we're trying to say. No, if you're a feminist and you're in favor of Islamic takeover, then then you you are living a, you are a living contradiction. Absolutely. B- because Could not you, agree more. you look at Muslim countries, women do not have the rights that, that men have or, or Most anywhere of them, close. Some of them can't even drive. Like, Correct. you can't get a license. Correct. Or, you know, Mohammed bin Salman, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, he was getting platitudes a few years ago. Why? Because he, he uh, made this amazingly progressive move of allowing women to begin to drive. And most, wow. of, these, most of these places, women have to have their faces, uh, if not partially covered, fully covered. So they were masking uh, before it was cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, and that and that's really interesting also. It, it's very interesting that now suddenly with with COVID as the excuse, all of western civilization is complying with yeah. Sharia law and wow. and the, the the command for women to cover their faces. So just think about think about that every yeah. time you put that mask on, the oligarchs, uh, those who are in charge of these Muslim countries, they're kind of fist bumping each other because yeah. they, without passing a single piece of legislation, they, they could do that. So Europe is a great place to look. And something very interesting happened this week. 25 French generals, retired French generals, and, and several retired officers put out a, a letter in a, in a right-wing French journal basically saying to the Macron government, if the military does not take over France, then France is just going to, it's going to break up what they call balkanization. Yeah. France is going to break up and and it's we're essentially going to destroy it because of the, the mass Islamic immigration. You have these no-go zones. You have those in France pushing for Sharia and essentially these large Muslim populations that have not actually... Uh, uh, integrated yeah. into French society. Well, it's really interesting because, you know, the reason why we have such strict immigration systems is because we want integration. That's what we want. You come to America, at least for the culture. You know, you come here for the freedom and we are going to require you to integrate. And there's nothing wrong with that. Culture is very important. And you don't come here not only for the financial opportunity, but to integrate into our Western culture. And it's the same with Europe. They expect us to, after however many years, 2,000 years of having a strong British empire and then, you know, the American values, they expect us to just give that up for them. No, you have that over in the Middle East. That is y'all's culture. And we need to be taking pride in our Western culture and preserving it. Absolutely. And they call us racists and bigots and Islamophobes. When I saw a video of a man standing up, I believe it was in Germany, pr- protected by German police, this uh, Muslim man with a microphone shouting out to the German people, your daughters will marry, your granddaughters will marry. Muslims, you will be a Sharia country. All, just shouting all of this stuff out, basically saying we're going to take over your country. Or, or you see signs Sharia for France, Sharia for Britain, and all. It's a very real. Th- it's not. So why are they allowed to do it, and we aren't allowed to spread Jesus? If we're not allowed to spread our Western values, where, why do we have a double standard for that? That's yeah, the first it, thing I want to ask. Yeah, exactly. And it's because they are partners with the left in the takeover of Western civilization to turn wow. it into a totalitarian society. So historically speaking, you can see this even in Iran, the communists and the Islamists. Now, I do want to make a disclaimer. There are patriotic Muslims out there, guys like Zudi Jasser, and there are some that actually are here in the West and have integrated, and, and those people can be some of the most patriotic amongst us. But I don't 
but be, just because they're out there does not mean all that, of them are that yeah way. that they're all that way and that the the real that there's not a threat from what what we call political Islam. Mm. Uh, political Islam does does not exist because it does. And so, but with what we see in in France and in in many of these European nations is these strong political Islamic movements yeah. that that are that are coming to fruition, which led these French generals to put out a letter in this big right wing uh, right wing journal, basically saying that the French military doesn't take over Macron who is president of France right. is is going to destroy our our nation wow. and so and of course there was a strong response from the French government they're talking about arresting people and all that so that's going on as we as we speak France is kind of reeling from that but what what that speaks to is really a larger movement going on in Europe as a whole yeah. and I really got to credit Dr. Steve Turley for bringing this to my attention he wrote a book called The Return of Christendom he actually believes that we're going to see a return of of Christianity and Christian rule to places like like France and Britain to even to America that the the old world globalist liberal secular Utopian, order communist. It, it is dying wow. it's actually dying Interesting. And, and in its place you're going to see a rise of national populism uh, more so uh, faith based power back into yeah, the people's controlled hands governments. individual rights yeah absolutely all those things and so so that speaks to a, a wider movement and earlier this month a Hungary Poland and Italy had a had a meeting together. The three prime ministers are all conservative national populists. Wow! They got together to form a to basically form a party within the European Union to promote nationalism, populism, Christianity, no family way. values. Yeah, we're talking the presidents of three major. Countries Very major. in Europe. Well, and Poland recently completely outlawed abortion. I, I'm not sure when it was. I know they were playing the movie Unplanned on all the channels. It was sometime in the last five months, I think. Poland's very conservative. Very uh, Christian. Yeah, very Christian. Now, what you do have to watch out for, like this is good news, but you do have to watch out for the anti-Semitism. Yeah. Because there are some there are anti-Semitic elements of this that we always that we always have to guard against. But that being said, so that's really good news. And actually I should probably say why that's important is there actually in the European Union Parliament, which people might not realize this as well, the European Union has a parliament made up of the respective countries within the European right. Union. Right, so basically like their own federal government. They're all states inside the yeah, federal government. Yeah, it's like a sort co- of. continental government, exactly. so to speak. And that, that's why you have things like Brexit. So what they're basically doing is forming a national populist voting bloc within the European Union to, mm. to protect their borders, to protect their civilization, protect their history. The, the same stuff we're seeing over here with statues being toppled and all that, that's happening over there also. Yeah. It's happening in France too. And and that's what these guys are, that's what they're trying to, to fight against. Wow. So essentially, guys, what you can glean from this is that we're not even alone just in America. Nope. We're not the only ones who are at the brink of having a civil war. We're not the only ones that are fighting against a tyrannical left-wing government. It's possible for right-wing stuff to exist outside of America. And I didn't know that until probably this time last year when I actually started paying attention to what is happening in France. We always learn about, you know, Napoleon and the world wars and how France came over and helped us in the American Revolution. But you only learn about France and Britain and all that in the guise of... America, how they helped us and how how everything leading up to them, you know, us declaring independence. And then the only thing you learn in history is from, you know, 1776 onwards, 
here in America. It's all about it's all about us, which I love and I think that's awesome. And you know, there's no reason why you should be hating America for anything because yes, we have a simple past, but we are Christians and we are repenting. And as I said in our podcast earlier, there's a quote that goes, God takes uh, special care of the orphans, the widows, and the United States of America. Yeah, that's right. American exceptionalism is extremely important. Yeah. It's extremely important because they need us. Remember, we had to move the embassy, the U.S. embassy, from uh, Tel Aviv to Jerusalem first. Right. Then other nations could follow. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until we are we are leaders of the free world, and it is important not for our own ego that that we hold that place. We remain as leader of the free world because it helps those other countries to have cover and to remain free out on the world stage. And but what I wanted to say on on France as well is that there's. Good news in France because there's an election next year yeah. in France. And Marine Le Pen, who, who lost to uh, Macron last time around, who is the right-wing national populist pro-freedom in France, you literally have left-wing news sources that are reporting polling that Marine Le Pen could literally take down Macron next year in the presidential election. And wow. it's looking more and more likely. It's and almost like it's foreshadowing for when Ron DeSantis or Trump or Candace Owens run for yes. run for president here. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's I think that I think we're gonna have a good year next year here in Congress. And yeah. I think we're gonna if we can, especially if we can get the election fraud under control. There's no reason why we shouldn't win 2024. The- well, and Ben Shapiro keeps saying, like, if we don't clean out the swamp in 2022, at least in Congress, then that's a major, a major failure on our yeah, part. If, if we don't clean out the swamp. We have the anger. We have the yeah. the votes. We just need to do it. Yeah. And like what we were talking about before the show, I'm watching Georgia. I'm watching Wisconsin. I'm watching Pennsylvania. I'm watching Arizona. I'm watching those swing states where you essentially had judges and secretary of states and governors unilaterally change election laws when Article 2 of the Constitution specifically gives that to the legislative branch. And so if these states, like what they did in Georgia, if we see repeats in these other states where they're they're firming up those election laws and firming up election security, Mm -hmm. then I think we could actually go back to free and fair elections. And that's why the fuss has been so big about it. All that to say... What's happening in the world is relevant to us. Anyone who's listening, Gen Zers, Gen Xers, I don't know. It is relevant. What's happening in France does affect us. What happens, you know, they've had more right wing protests, not riots, but peaceful protests over in Europe than ever before. I mean, Germans are getting fed up. People in Britain are getting fed up of, first of all, the COVID lockdowns. And obviously, clearly, as you said, Italy, Hungary and Poland are starting to understand that we need this objective truth. Christianity really is the way that we need to be building our nations. We need to build them on the families, the backs of families, strong families. And so with that, following that idea of families and following the idea of the strong individuals, individual rights, Mr. Ryan, you are older than probably most of the people listening to this podcast, besides my mom. She's the I, biggest fan of my podcast. Yeah, well, I'm sure, I'm sure I'm sure 43 is probably pretty pretty ancient. I know it at 18. <laughs> 40, 43 was, was like great, 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 great grandpa, you know? Right, yeah. So considering all the wisdom that you have, what is something... something like that. <laughs> you're like, I don't know if I'd call it wisdom, but... Working on it. But what is something that Gen X or Boomer parents are wanting Gen Z to know? Because we don't have enough communication between generations right now. Now, I'm giving Generation Z a voice. I'm really focusing on that. I'm focusing on how we can get involved in the world and really empowering Gen Z to be able to think for themselves. But thinking for yourself also comes with 
understanding what other people are wanting us to know. So from a Gen X point of view, you're the people that raised my generation because millennials generally are raising the next generation, which is the alpha generation that's currently growing up right now. Gen X, what do you want us to know? What are you trying to communicate to us? What is the most vital lesson that we can learn from you? Well, this this might sound a little strange as a response coming from somebody who just got talking about geo geopolitics and this nation and that nation and elections and what's going on around the world. But the first thing that comes to my mind when you ask, what do Gen Xers want Gen Zers to know? You are special. <laughs> We're special snowflakes, aren't you we? You are special. Now, I'm starting to sound like probably Mr. Rogers a little bit. Right. Oh, you're so special, you know. Uh, but the word special, I think, has kind of been diluted a okay. little bit. So I was reading an article a few years ago by this, uh, probably, I think she was probably a millennial, that she essentially came out and said, you're not special, get over it, stop worrying about being special, and do your job, go to work and do your thing. Hmm. And I remember, I hadn't really thought about it very much, and but it really got me thinking about it. I was like, that didn't really sit right with me. And one of the first things, as I was thinking about it, like how I would respond to this particular columnist, as I would say, and we're going to get into biology a little bit here, you literally beat out millions of other contenders to be, the, to be born, to be conceived. Yeah. Think about Good that. Point. You know, we're all, we all, look, inside of each of you, uh, you, you have something in you that says, I am special. I am special. And the world is telling us, no, you're not. We're one big cosmic accident, Darwinism, mm. uh, uh, and so forth, that, that teaches well, that atheistic materialism. Now the rise with identity politics, they're saying you're nothing more than your skin color. You're nothing more than your gender. You're nothing more than any of that. You're right. There's a connotation around being special that is very progressive, very liberal, very feel good. But I think what you're trying to say is that you are a powerful individual. Yeah, you are. That's important. Yeah. And you actually are set apart. So just from the get go, just to be conceived, you had to imagine if you beat a foot race with like three million other people, (laughs) right? You'd be pretty proud of yourself. You'd feel pretty good about yourself for you to even even enter into humanity, mm. you had to do that, number one. Number two, humanity is the only species. There are zillions and zillions of animals and bugs and things. Fungi. Yeah, whatever, all, all over the, the, the world and perhaps universe. Um, we're the only ones that were made in the image and likeness of God. Mm. And that is what's, what's so criminal about taking God out of the school systems is that our value, which is being made in the image of God, that teaching which shows that we are special, we are, we have an intrinsic value to us that no that no other created being can wow. even come close to. Even the angels, scripturally speaking, we're even higher than the angels and that we were made in the image of God. Angels were not. Now, with that comes, with great power comes great responsibility, right? <laughs> of course. But, but, but I want each and every person, uh, Gen Zer especially, to know, do not believe the garbage that you are not special. Like, you are, you are absolutely special. You're valued. Maybe some of you were told. Maybe some of you were told you're not special. Mm. Maybe you're told uh, you're stupid. Maybe you're told you're ugly. Maybe you were told uh, you'll never make it in life. Like that happens to people. That's cr- if a parent does that to their kids, that is about is I-, I would almost rather Abuse? get beat by my parent like wow. w- with a board than be told that. Wow. Don't 
believe it. And probably that was told to your parents, if your parents were telling that to them. So that can give you some compassion to, mm. to pray for your parents if they did. Abusers usually were abused themselves. Come from abuse, right. So unshackle yourselves of that. Understand that you are special. You are important. Now, of course, with inhumanity, there are people that are going to stand out more than others. Not everybody's going to be president. Right. Not everybody's going to be, you know, Lily, uh, Lily Cole oh here. Oh, my goodness. And, <laughs> and, uh, you know, and speak to thousands and thousands uh, like that. But that doesn't mean that, sh- that that Lily, just because within humanity, she's uh, more known, that doesn't mean she's more valuable or special to Absolutely. God. Absolutely. I was going to go down that road and say, look, just because you have a college degree doesn't mean like, it really doesn't mean anything. Right now, we have this culture of you get an award for participating. No, you have all the awards that you need. You have individual and inalienable rights from our creator. You have a purpose. You have a God-given calling that you can walk into. You are an individual and start owning that. Stop stop saying, oh, just because I'm a woman, I'm going to fit into this group. Just because I'm Latina or you know African-American, I'm going to fit into this group. It's about the individual. America is built That's right. on the individual. Tocqueville, when he was touring America, literally said, "In America is unique because people are are equal. And that's the craziness about America is that no nation ever in the history of ever has had a nation where everybody is equal. And I think that with the identity politics and conversely with the rise of this global government wanting us all to just be worker sheep cog in the wheel, that is also, see, coexisting two ideas in your brain can't work as we were talking about in our other podcast episode. You should go listen to that. Being identity politics and the global government, that's creating a destruction of individual rights, responsibilities, self-governance, and that whole idea of personal liberty. And Gen Zers, we have that and we have the ability to fight for that and our parents have the ability to instill that in us. Why are we not taking that? So when you say special, you don't mean snowflake special and you oh, gotta love so yourself. you're so special and yeah. yeah, it's all about you and me. Just and get it's to, not yeah. a participation award because I think that's very detrimental. Right. Giving everybody a degree for a minimal amount of uh, college education. I don't agree with that. But I agree that as an individual, we are the most powerful entity and the second most powerful is the family or I, I don't know I guess they're on the yeah. same the same level there for me yeah. but we are powerful we are um, valuable and we can make a difference we just have to choose to unleash that yeah exactly and what I would also say is understanding that you're you're special and made in the image of God mm-hmm. should make us go wow like God for one I, I think Gen Zers should know that we, we actually and this would go beyond Gen Zers but we actually don't deserve anything. Right. Oh Everything goodness. is a gift from God. Yeah. Everything. Our next breath. When I'm standing there and I'm doing dishes and I don't feel like doing dishes, I think to myself, I try to think to myself, oh my gosh, like I'm alive. Oh my yeah. gosh, I can walk. I have hands. I can breathe. I can see. I can I can yeah. feel. I can touch. I can taste. I can smell. I can I have the ability. I'm not in a wheelchair. Yeah. You know, or I'm I'm not an amoeba or something like that. I'm a human being. Yeah. Oh my gosh, you we I can do it. this function. And so I think the more we understand that nobody owes us anything, God doesn't owe us anything, but yet, not to get down on ourselves, but then we go, Oh my gosh. Everything is a gift. God loves us so much. He gifted us so much. He sent his son not to die for the angels, not to die for the zebras. He sent his son to die for us. God himself died for us. And so as a result, like to speak to what you were saying, Lily, 
Now I want to give my life over to Jesus Christ. Yeah. Give my life to him. Lord, what do you've given me so much? Now I want to give my life over to you. I put my faith and trust in you. And now guide me and lead me in what you want me to do as this individual in this place, in this time. Lord, here I am. Send me. Your voice is important. Your voice, you know, there, there was a saying that was big when I was a kid, uh, children should be seen and not heard. Uh-huh. And I, I think that's probably true, for, especially for, for younger kids. <laughs> there might be some wisdom in that, but not but not completely. Well, the wisdom falls away when they start having rational thoughts. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But w- I think we do need Generation Z's voice. And so uh, you are special. Christ died for you. You are you are important. And, and we, do, we do need... Uh, your voice, which is why I love shows like yeah. Lily's Show. Yeah, your, and- your specialness is not contingent on your own ability. The specialness That's is right. contingent on the fact that the Lord of all creation made you, and you have to capture that. See, we were given a mountain to climb and two legs to climb it, and we forget that that's enough. That is. It is. And we forget that Christ is enough. On the personal side with me, there were so many things that I do now. If you had told me when I was 37 that I would be doing the things that I'm doing now, I would say, no way. I'm to this. I'm to that. I'm to, I personally had to come out of my 30s, where mm. we're spent coming out of a lot of the negativity that I grew up with and dealt with. I had to unshackle those things. Wow. It was a very difficult process. And I said, just give yourself time to grow. God loves growth. He's obsessed with growth. Give yourself, give your life over to him. Give your give yourself time to grow. It's gonna it's gonna take some time. I mean, Moses didn't fully walk into in his calling until he was 80 years old. Yeah, right. And God called him when he was 40. You know, give yourself time to grow and to learn. Proverbs 19:20. And it says, uh, listen to counsel and accept discipline, mm. that you may be wise the rest of your days. And uh so whereas we do need Gen Z's voice, and we do want uh, Gen Z, especially uh, rational, <laughs> good, good voices, like you're getting on this show every week. But I think a, a lot of you that are listening right now, you're probably at more of the listening stage. Yeah. You're probably more at the, the listening, developing the learning, your worldview. developing the worldview. You don't, don't feel like you have to uh, always be out there on, on social media or whatever, saying every little thing you think you need to say. We do need your voices on social media. Don't get me wrong. But allow yourself time to just listen. Be in conversations with, with people that are smarter than you and, and listen to those people. Listen to what they have to say. Think about what they have to say. You can speak up. You can ask them questions and you can yeah. say, even say, you know, I, I don't actually agree with that and here's why and see what they say in response. Yeah. But definitely uh, Proverbs talks a lot about being willing to listen, to listen to your elders and, and don't feel like you have to be Candace Owens or even a Lily Cole right now. <laughs> you know, you can, uh, you know, take your time to, to develop your skills and, and your sets and, and, you know, give yourself time That's to grow. That's so important because now everything is on social media. You mess up, it's on social media. So kind of going along and complimenting that idea is y'all don't have to post everything on social media most people don't actually know that I have the man that I want to marry in my life because I don't put him on social media most people don't know that I spend like an hour as as much as I can every single day reading books because I'm a nerd people don't see my full life on social media and that's one of the things that has helped me grow and either heal from things that I've been through in my life or things that um, social media has taught me that I was like wait maybe that isn't right not everything has to be on social media that's really important and Absolutely. also know that not everything in anybody else's life 
is on social media. There is more to life than your Instagram account. And I say that ironic that I'm saying that because a lot of my life is on social media, but so much of the, the quality of my life is not on there. And you can't find quality of life through social media, but you find quality of life by listening to your elders, listening to people who are interesting, listening to our arguments, conversations, asking questions. That's right. There is never a bad question that you can ask. My dad has seven degrees and I still, he still asks me questions. Okay. I wanted to, to piggyback off what you were saying regarding asking questions. One of the things that I began doing really just personally, just a few years ago was something called active listening mm-hmm. and active. And I want to encourage you guys look up active listening, get good at active listening. And that's, it's pretty simple, but it's where it's where you will be in a conversation with somebody, and uh, Lily does it perhaps unwittingly every uh, every week on this on this show. <laughs> Learn how to interview people really, really well, or to intake information as if you're going to teach it. Yeah, That's well, as if you're going to thing. teach it. But but you ask somebody a qu- uh, a question, they answer, and then you ask another question yeah. based off of their answer, and ask another question based off of their answer. And if you want to learn how to do that, well. Don't just listen to the Lily Kate show for the information that you get. Listen to how Lily interviews her guests because <laughs> that's how she does it. So for me personally, with, with my podcast, I interview people from time to time. By the way, Lily is actually a guest on World News Brief, so you'll want And we talk about social media and go in depth about Generation Z, so make sure to uh, look up World News Brief. But Lily does a great job interviewing and pulling people, uh, pulling information out of people uh, and and more information, really getting the best. I feel like Lily Lily does a great job getting the best of people um, out when she's interviewing them. Well, guys, that is a skill that's applicable to so many areas of life. A lot of times we, we have this idea that when we go into a room, we go into a party, we're going to a get-together, that we need to be the ones that do all of the talking or, or a lot of the talking. Or if I don't come into this room and have a bunch of cool things to say, people are going to think I'm an idiot or I'm not going to fit in, all that. Throw that out the window. Mm. Learn to interview well. And you will make you c- friends. Nothing you can say is going to make a person like you. It's how much you can get them to say is how much they're going to like you. When they see that you're asking questions about them and follow-up questions and follow-up questions, and you're not worried about talking about what, what you know or who you know or what you do and all of that, do people are going to love you because yeah. what is everybody's favorite topic? Themselves. <laughs> Themselves. That's exactly Right. Having a genuine care for people, but having great interviewing skills. Well, and how this is applicable to the conservative movement is, you know, people on the left or people who are on the fence or even just mainstream Democrats, they're going to want to give out their ideas. So the best thing you can do as a conservative, because we are always, always pinned as judgmental, intolerant, stubborn, old fashioned, um, not relevant to the times. And the best thing you can do is ask the right questions because maybe eventually you'll plant a seed of someone saying, hey, maybe that doesn't fully make sense. Maybe my worldview would be better with the inclusion of Jesus Christ in it. Maybe a right-wing government is actually something that protects my rights, doesn't take them away. Maybe we can find freedom in the parameters we put around ourselves. And that's really important for the conservative movement. That's why I do podcasts in this style is because I want to have conversations and let people ask the right questions and say, hey, maybe 
Maybe I'm not thinking about this in the right way because you can't tell someone what to think. The best thing you can do is lead them to the conclusion that you want them to by asking the questions. Yeah, kind of like the Socratic method, right? It, Where precisely Socrates the Socratic method. would ask people questions and lead them to, to the truth it's as 100% opposed to just saying that. this is the truth. Right? Yes. I think it's it really is. It's important to your generation and especially if we're going to reach generation, letting people know like how much how much you care. Benjamin Disraeli, the uh, the first prime, the first Jewish prime minister of Great Britain. I see. Uh, late 1800s, I believe, maybe early 1900s. I forget when he was prime minister. There was a woman whose endorsement of the candidate for prime minister was extremely, extremely valuable. Okay. And so Benjamin Disraeli and his opponent, she had lunch with both of them separately. Gotcha. And then she reported and she said with, with the guy that was not Benjamin Disraeli, they asked her, well, okay, how did it go? And she said, well, I, I just thought that he was the most clever person in the world. And they were like, okay, well, then how did, how did the lunch with Benjamin Disraeli go? And she said, he made me feel like I was the most clever person in the world. Wow. And guess who won? Yep. Who got the endorsement in the end. He got the endorsement, and he went on to become the first Jewish prime minister. Right. Well, it's applicable with that generational difference that we have. Parents need to be good at interviewing and conversating. It's not even interviewing. That sounds very official. Conversating with people so that you can actually have conversations about the ideas that we want to preserve. We always have to talk positively and enthusiastically and cheerfully about the ideas that we want to advance. So if that's family, if that's being pro-life, if that's being pro-gun, we have to take it upon ourselves to talk enthusiastically and share the love that is in that. And being good at conversation is not only good for your life because it will lead to more fulfillment and more information and enrichment of the self, but also it will lead to preservation of the things that you deem are important. We don't live in a Shakespearean time, okay? Communication is always the crux of why Shakespearean stories are so dramatic in the way that they are. And we don't have to do that, guys. We don't have to fall down the road of, oh, it was just a miscommunication. That's why the war happened. No, we're like almost in the midst of a civil war, okay? It's going to be states versus federal government, mark my words. And guys, we can prevent this kind of thing. We can prevent violence happening. We can prevent BLM from rioting in the streets. We can prevent election fraud. We can prevent the conversation being shut down by having good conversations, good discussions. And there's nothing that's more important than that because, as you said in the beginning, the individual is special. The individual is powerful and Let's put this into perspective. We're losing. We're losing our country. We're losing our freedom. We're losing our religion. And conversation is probably the only way that we will be able to get it back. Unfortunately, it's not very much of a measurable way, but it's still crucially important because the most important things aren't measurable. And that's why it's so important. Like you mentioned the family. It's so important. It it does. President Reagan, we mentioned this on on my show, but President Reagan said it all starts around the dinner table. Yeah. And making a point to have Family time is, yeah. is critical, and I think that's why why Satan, more than anything, more than well, you know, wants to wants to break Attack. up the family. It it stops that conversations. Yeah, it, it stops the, the intimacy and, and being together, which then affects the the whole of the whole of society. Absolutely. So, so um, I could not agree absolutely more. Absolutely with you there. And so switching gears just a little bit, since you do a lot of research about this thing called the Great Reset, mm-hmm. how can we go about thinking about this? Where can we find information? What 
what are some markers we can watch out for? And, and what is the Great Reset? And how can Gen Z be wary of things that are going on outside of, you know, because this is a global thing, World Reset, it the is. whole globe. It is. Okay. There's something insidious happening, Gen Z. Don't fall for it. And we're going to be able to get some clarity about what this really means. The Great Reset, it does, sounds like, it does sound like conspiracy theory, <laughs> conspiracy fact. GreatReset.com. WEForum.org slash Great Reset. Whoa. There's a podcast, The Great Reset, done by the World Economic Forum. It's it's out there. And really, what it is, think about the, the most radical leftist policies, such as the Green New Deal, uh, climate stuff, the censorship, and, and all of that. And imagine that happening on a world stage. Global redistribution of wealth, a suppression wow. of human rights. So there was a, a video put out by the World Economic Forum, not by InfoWars, okay? This was put out by the World Economic Forum. Okay. And they listed all these things about what the Great Reset is. One of the things they list is, you'll own nothing, but you'll be happy. I'm telling you Weird. guys, this is their stuff. For one, how do you know that? Like, how, you're like my, my, my global overlord saying right. fr from on high, this crepuscular ray opening up and, and the light shining down telling me you'll own nothing and you'll be happy. Okay, you know, thank you, WE Forum gods. So for one, how do you know that too? But let's tease this out logically sure, a little bit. Okay. So basically what you're insinuating there, or rather stating rather plainly, mm. is that owning nothing is, the, is a path to happiness, the path to happiness. Well, if I don't own anything, somebody's going to own something. Right. Somebody's going to own everything. And it's not going to be you. Yeah, and it's not going to be me. It's not going to be us who they essentially want to make as their permanent serfs while they you know, fly around in their private jets and, and go to their climate change conferences and all this. So somebody's going to own everything. And it's going to be the global elite. It's going to yeah. be the international the organizations, oligarchs. the oligarchs, and so forth. So you guys are going to own everything. And so you're basically creating your own path to unhappiness because owning stuff leads to unhappiness. And so what we can see right there, this is propaganda. It's a sham. Yeah. It's demonic. Like owning property was a telltale sign. When the Jews were going to come back to their land, one of the telltale signs in the prophets, it says a man will buy a deed of land and a man will sell it. Owning property was even part of the law of Moses. It was part of uh, Torah. This is crazy. It's absolute crazy. And so it is, it's just propaganda well, to get and, and us to surrender everything to them for right, them to control us. Right. And in the process of surrendering, when they say, we own this and guarantee this, what is that painting them as? That is painting them as the big hand, the God figure. And the first thing that Gen Z has to watch out for is who is trying to become your God. That's right. Who is trying to get you to worship them? If it's Dr. Fauci, if it's CNN, mm. if it's worshiping celebrities, guys, that is what the first commandment. You shall worship no other gods before me. That's so right. we can see that the first thing that people are going to try and break is to have you worshiping something other than what you are supposed to be worshiping because that's so important to our God. And Gen Zers, when someone guarantees you happiness, guarantees you fulfillment, guarantees you something other than being saved by Jesus Christ, then you have to know it's a sham. Yes, absolutely. Especially when these guys that we we know what's what's interesting is too. I've listened to about thirty minutes of the first podcast episode of the, the Great Great, Great Reset. Reset. It was June last year, yeah. twenty twenty. 
this is our chance. This is our moment to push everything that we want to push. But you know what they weren't pushing? You know what they weren't talking about? What? Individual rights. Yeah, exactly. Individual freedoms. Exactly. Uh, the right to keep and bear arms. Uh, the right to be protected from illegal searches and seizures. Uh, federalism. The things that have made this country great, those that are in charge of the Great Reset are and the New World Order, they, they are not interested in that. They are interested in their power. And another thing that they said in this video that was especially troubling is that, so for one, you'll own nothing, but you'll be happy. The second thing is that America will no longer be a world superpower. Oh, baby. You're going to get a lot of patriots mad by saying that. That is literally in that video. Fact check me all day on that. It's no way. in that video. And you just sit there and go, well, nature abhors a vacuum somebody's going to be the global superpower. Right. Who's that going to be? And guys, I want to read you a little excerpt out of this book that I'm reading because it illustrates this point so clearly. Global government does not mean global equality for everyone. It actually means a defined and immovable class system that you are not able to go in. And so I, I alluded to this guy earlier, but Tocqueville, he writes, Americans have internalized the democratic principle of equality. They refuse to regard another as superior and inferior. They don't bow and scrape to the way that other people, notably in France, where Tocqueville came from, are known to do. In America, unlike in Europe, there are no peasants. They are only farmers. In America, there are employees, but no servants. And today in America may be the only country where we call a waiter sir as if he were a knight. Equality is social, not economic. Competition, he writes, produces unequal outcomes on the basis of merit. And that's really important because globalist governments, that's the first thing they're going to take away. Individual rights. Any government that's bigger than it needs to be, they don't want you to have individual rights. Right. And, right. and that's why socialism, guys, there's no such thing as democratic socialism. What is socialism? It is the complete takeover of the economic system by the, by the government, typically a yep. communist government. For socialism to be fully implemented, it requires... Yep. A tyrannical government. Rand Paul uh, brought that to my attention in his excellent book on, on socialism. Yeah. To where there's no way you can have a socialist uh, top-down plan where the government owns everything economy. Without, without someone out. putting those policies right. into motion. And when we were prepping for this podcast, this is exactly what we talked about. Fascism and socialism are actually very similar in the form that they go. There are socialist policies, but you need fascism right. to be able to implement those policies. So when they call you a fascist, you know, it's not a far right or far left thing. It's a circle. It's a circle, and those two ideas are very, very close to each other on the circle. Yeah, they're, they're extremely close. They're, they're partners. They're, they're, they're family. They're their immediate family. Right. And, and they both need one another to fully implement what, what, they, what they need to do. So, yeah, there's no way any kind of great reset is going to happen. I mean, uh, literally, they're, you know, and they try and make it look like, oh, life is going to be easy. Life is going to be wonderful. You know, another thing they say on this video, you're going to have everything delivered to your door, and life's going to be good and fun and all of this. And, but I, there's no reason for a second to believe that when they yeah. want to steal, when they admit on that video, they want to steal and they everything take, from us. Take down America, which is fundamentally yeah. a well, And who's going to rise in their place? There's going to be a global national superpower, and that, right. of course, is going to be China. They're creeping up on us That's pretty fast. That's going to be China. And they, China, they've got a thousand-year vision. They're like the fourth right. They also have a thousand-year vision. They have their Belt and Road Initiative, where they're attempting to all across Asia and all over the world, they're trying to couple themselves to have nations become more and more dependent on them economically in every other way to where nations are all dependent upon China. So China can exert their influence and have more domination. And you do not want that with China in its present 
form. The Chinese Communist right. Party, uh, they've got their, the genocide Completely of Uyghur Muslims. Yeah. They are persecuting Christians. Human rights, look, they're atheists, materialistic. There's no basis. Government is God. Yep. And what they say goes, and what you think you are the individual, it, doesn't, it does not matter, only to the extent that you serve the state, yeah. that it matters. So, no, we want America to be the world. The fact that they called out America in that video That's crazy. tells you how, uh, over any other nation, tells you what their agenda is. And we know we know the WHO, the World Economic Forum, they're all connected to China and, and all of that. So well, watch out for that. There is so much to unpack here, y'all. But I think the fundamental question is, who is playing God? Who yeah. is trying to take the position of supreme power? Supreme, not dictator, but supreme say over your life. And that is why we need strong families and strong individuals who can reason and rationalize and identify who is trying to rise to the role of God. And also, guys, nationalism is not the worst thing ever, okay? I just want to put that out there for anyone who needs to hear that. You hear, oh, he's a white nationalist or he's a nationalist fascist or, you know, you hear nationalism becoming even more and more day by day a slur that is something that christians and conservatives we cannot accept nationalism is the way of the bible i mean it is christianity christianity is exclusive we are supposed to be exclusive exclusive away from sin and exclusive to worshiping god only so nationalism no it's not a bad thing biblically speaking if you look at act 17 when paul was before the oropagus he specifically said that god created the boundaries of the nations if perhaps they might seek him right and so uh, nations the nation states are very biblical even now in the new covenant era they're very relevant and important to the fulfillment of the kingdom of god which is why i think that you're seeing the satanic attack yeah. on nations now yep. if your nationalism is that nazism is the greatest thing ever you know or something like that I, not all nationalism is going to be created equal but when we talk about, when conservatives talk about nationalism, we're simply, we're not talking about a skin color. And we're talking, we're talking about, about a love of nation. And yeah, love of nation. We're talking about the values and freedoms that made Western civilization great. Absolutely. Yeah, so don't fall for the nationalist equals Nazi trap or whatever. That's, that's, that's baloney. It's about preserving our constitution and values that made us want all these people from around the world yeah. to flood our borders. There's so much here. So guys, definitely listen to this episode over and over again. And the wisdom you have imparted on us Gen Zers is incredible. But this also takes us back to the idea of what's going on in Europe is important. Now that you have those three presidents of those countries coming together and saying, we want Christianity, we want values that are based in our nation and, and the Bible, that's what we want. That's what we need yeah. to preserve our nation. And we're going to see that in France. We're going to see it in Spain, right. actually, as well. Wow. Stuff's going on in Spain. So and there's guys, a lot yeah. of good news in the world. We're not alone, and it's not a right-wing movement. It's a Christian movement. This is a battle of good and evil. I say this all the time. Christians were made for times such as these. So be wary of who's playing God. Be wary of ideas like nationalism is bad, globalism is good, you will be happy if we take away your individual rights. Just give it to us. No. So amazing. That's why we need our First and Second Amendment, but that's a whole other topic that we dove straight into on Mr. Ryan's podcast that you guys need to go check out if you have another hour and a half to chill and listen we, we to. Kept, we kept it under an hour. I look forward to having you back on our podcast because your energy is so youthful that I, I qualify you as a Gen Zer anyway. <laughs> what can I say? I'm young at heart. You were, we're soldiers in a battle. Yeah. 
Yeah. And and even though the the battle is a ultimately a spiritual battle, yeah. there are things we can do in the physical that really help us to be better better soldiers. Yeah, help you and, be on the edge of all you know. of your potential all the time. Yeah. So with that, thank you so much for listening today, everyone. Mr. Ryan, thank you so much for coming on. It was an honor, absolute honor to be on. Thank you for having me.